Hello and welcome to Mastering Design. I'm Dr. Philip Ely, the course coordinator for the Master of Design here at Curtin University. And my name is Vivian Hegedush. I work as the chapter lead of design for IBM. Welcome. It's great to bring you in today. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm going to start this particular episode talking about innovation by design. Um, and in this unit, students are exploring many different process models and trying to understand how design shapes innovation or can fuel innovation. So what does innovation mean to IBM, do you think? IBM has a little bit of a different language, their own take, their own flavor on innovation amongst other things. So what IBM calls design is the cognitive enterprise design thinking. Yeah. And you can see that there is a word cognitive in there. And what they mean by that is there is the smarts in the enterprise design thinking. And the smarts is the future technology. So as opposed to going through the traditional design thinking process, mm. while going through that, you're looking at how you bring in future technology, which is basically technology that's available today already, mm. and how by applying that technology, you innovate the business mm. or the business model. Mm -hmm. Okay. And IBM's got quite a history of design, hasn't it, in terms of fueling innovation they do yeah <laughs> they do it's nice to see that an enterprise on such a big scale acknowledges different design roles but not just the knowledges it really makes those design roles the cornerstone of the processes and the processes of innovation itself yeah so currently we have multiple projects and what you would see is there is a cross-functional team and amongst those functions, roles, yeah. the multiple design roles in the one team, which is really beautiful to see because historically we struggled by even getting one seat at the table. And uh, I have teams where we have three designers in the team that is only eight people. Fantastic. So there's a real... A real focus on embedding design in the process of the organization working. Is there a, a very explicit kind of design process model that the IBM team follow? So I work in a specific area of IBM, mm. which is called the garage. And the garage is a special system, process, vehicle, device, method, methodology, it's really hard to define what garage is, but basically it's a model that we bring into the client's business and it's a fishbowl model. So it is meant to fuel the change in, in the business itself, in the mm. client's business, and do that change from the inside out by pulling in parts of the business and taking them through the design process itself. Yeah, so okay. this garage process has a specific way, a, f a specific process that has three different st stages. We call them the co-creation, co-execute and co-operate stages. And you can see how that all links back to the models that we already knew. Mm. Idea would be one of them. So you go mm. through basically discovery and research 
and come up with an MVP, a minimal viable product by the end of the co-creation phase, and you would move that into co-execute. So you would build yeah. that product further out, you would roll it out, you, s you continuously test the product, and if it actually works, if it has lags, the value is delivered, then you move it into cooperate, rescale it. Okay, so that's the fishbone element to yeah. it. Okay, that makes sense. How does it compare to kind of other design process models you've used in the past? Well, I think this is more applicable in commercial um, yeah. context. So you're looking after the three main streams of innovation, which is viability, feasibility, and desirability. Yeah. You're looking after the technology from the start. So the lens is there in terms of what is the future technology that we could apply mm -hmm. for innovating that particular process or problem space. You're looking after the business value from the start as well. Mm -hmm. So that's a strong strain that as mm -hmm. a designer, you obviously are not responsible for, but you're custodian of the process. So therefore, you still have to wear the hat where you're looking after everyone else's stream yeah so the business comes in the business is 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 heading viability but the service designer is also working very closely with the product owner and the business smes to make sure that first there is value and second we realize the value by by the product or the service that mm -hmm. we design yeah. so in that regard it's 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 very tactical as well as strategic yeah so a, a design, so when you say a team has, let's say, three designers, you've got uh, technology analysts or business analysts who are part of that, and, and those teams are focusing on this feasibility, viability, and desirability. Yeah, so a team could consist from, uh, you know, the, 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 we could have multiple expertise or skills coming to the table depending what of, of what the problem space is. Yeah. But in general, you would have a few design roles, such as design researcher, you would have a service designer. We also tend to have a UI UX person, which yeah. is quite a, a unicorn. Very applied, really. yeah. yeah. Um, or we would have something called the intelligent workflow designer, which which is quite an interesting okay, one. That's and an interesting it's, title. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 interesting. I just had a meeting today because we're still trying to tell the right story and make people understand what that role is. It's so new; it's really hard to describe, mm. and even for the clients themselves to grasp what that role is and should do. And you know, it's 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 mm. it's confusing. Mm. So you you coming to the table trying to explain that it's what it is not. It is not. An architect, you know. I was going to say, it's, it's not it's, an information it's, architect. It's no. not. A, it's not a solution architect. It's not an enterprise architect. It's not yeah. a, a generalist in technology. It's also not a service designer. Although they do work together and there are overlaps. Mm. But basically, what it is, it is looking at everything that design is looking at, but mm. with the specific technology lens on. And in that, they come in with specific expertise such as blockchain or AI. Um, cloud, and they would apply those knowledge, that, that those expertise, and they would actually assess that specific space in terms of if it's applicable and if, if it is how. Yeah. And they would work with the technology 
um, you know, SMEs and people and including the architects to make the, to make the product happen. That sounds like an interesting role. Yeah. <laughs> um, now you've got, I mean, you've, you've got a wonderful experience in design. At the minute, it's very much around digital services, I guess. Um, how, do, how does that compare, how does design now in terms of process compare to when you started out in, I think, in the world of interior design and, and spatial design? How does that? Oh, well, we can go further back than that. Uh, further back than that. <laughs> so when I started design, first it was digital, but digital back then was very different than yeah. what we mean by digital today. Mm. So think about the early days of the internet. Mm. I remember those days. Yeah. And you, you remember print? Yeah. And how much business design was around print and mm. anything we could print. So yeah. even the things that, that are behind us here, those used to be a big industry, whereas nowadays it's you know something we still do on occasions, yeah. but it's not the, where we start. Yeah. So back way back when I started my first company in 2001, um, in, back in Europe, we had a company that would basically create uh, offerings around branding, uh, having your business cards and brochures and all sort of other prints elements. And then we were the evangelists around what the internet could do to your business. Mm -hmm. And we came to that from two angles. One was, well, there is softwares that you could apply in your own business to optimize your processes. And by applying those press softwares, and we created some of those enterprise softwares for mid-sized businesses, that was a huge gap at the time. Mm. You could actually optimize your own business processes to start with, right? Which is something that the big enterprise softwares have done already. SAP mm. was already huge. Mm. And SAP would come into the large businesses. What they did, by the rigor of their softwares, they actually managed to do some systemic design in the business itself. Mm. So we did something similar mm. for smaller businesses, and that mm. proved to be very beneficial. Mm. There was one missing link, which was how you link these tangible things you already have, which is your print, your processes in the back end, how you link those things, and that was the internet. Right? So suddenly we mm. started to create websites, and those websites first were much like your brochures, only mm. online. They were. Brochureware. Yeah. <coughs> and then they started to have some functions, mm. and the functions started to link back to the back house processes. Mm. So that's my first 10 years of design. Mm. Um, then to skip a few other areas, we can jump into spatial design that you mm. mentioned. So mm. when I first started to run my business here in Perth, I saw a big gap and need for good interior design, good spatial design. There's mm. a lot of architectural, you mm. know, uh, initiatives happening already, a lot of construction, and a lot in new areas such as apartments, which is completely new to Perth. Mm. And I, I grew up in apartments. I, I lived in multiple countries most of the times in apartments, including in New York and London, you know, other parts of the world. So I mm. had quite a lot of knowledge and experience mm. and interest. And so that was our niche. And we started to work with, with the big developers and creating interiors for apartments. So thinking about your whole, whole career today, if you think back about design um, and how it's been used, where do you think it's worked really well? 
design is way more understandable to the average person when it's something that they can see or touch. Mm. And I think historically it's well established that design, you know, when you ask someone what design is mm. and what they understand under design, they would come up with something like that chair that you're sitting on or, yeah. you know, this microphone or, yeah. or, you know, the, the idea that you can put all sort of graphics on a coffee cup and, you know, how that could actually link back to society. That's, that's you know, it's visible, tangible, something that they can touch and feel. Um, so even in digital UI, which is interaction design and, you know, web design, all sort of things that, are, that, are, that people can see, that's easier to explain. Mm. And when we start to move a step back, into how things work and what mm. things are and why those things are there on the first place, that is where it gets very, very, very complicated and very challenging. So I think design is greatly established and appreciated in, in the visible, sensible world. And we still have a lot to do in all the other areas where mm. it's not that easy to, cons you know, comprehend yeah and i guess for that reason when organizations are trying to innovate they think about those material physical v uh visual things but don't realize they can create real value by using design in terms of improving processes ways of working um just also thinking about the converse to that so design as I mean, everybody talks about how valuable design can be in terms of driving innovation. Where do you think, where's your experience of where it hasn't worked well? Where, I don't know, client hasn't quite got it or something's been designed that was the wrong kind of thing? Has, mm. Have you encountered something like that? Yeah, every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we still have a long way to go in terms of understanding how applied design works. And when we go into a commercial setting, we work with big businesses, we do apply design. It's yeah. I wish we had the freedom and all the time on the earth and you know we had all the resources to do something. But in reality, we need to work with huge constraints. And I, I think that's really hard for a designer to do. Mm. As much as we embrace con, con, you know, constraints and how, how those constraints are essentially the drivers of innovation in my mm. experience, um, the struggle is real. Yeah. And you really don't have the chance to go and do your soul searching or mm. go and do, you know, as much as we say that you should fail and fail quickly and failing is awesome and uh, everyone is really on the bandwagon now establishing the failing culture where failing is embraced mm. in reality failing costs money yeah and you you can actually fail in a way that we won't necessarily benefit we, you know if, if you don't have the right things in place it might be not a learning experience mm. so i think we we have to get the failing right we have to make sure that we really profit from the learning. I suppose that's about setting expectations, isn't it, amongst senior leaders about what to expect, or clients about what to expect from design. Do you think people over-expect? What I see is more, 
we all know this as designers that sitting in that unknown, the ambiguity uh, when we open up, when we don't really know where we're going, when we have to trust the process that it will take us there, when we mm -hmm. have, when we go to the edge where it feels really uncomfortable, even though we have done it many times before. And I'm sure you, you experienced mm -hmm. the same where you were like, ooh, I've done this for this many years and it usually gets me there, so I just have to trust myself, yeah. but you really don't. Yeah. And think about this way. You're the tour guide for everyone else on that team. So you're yourself experiencing this kind of like uncertainty and self-doubt, yet you have to reassure everyone else that it's fine. It will happen. That's a really hard thing to do. Mm. And so even more than expectations or setting the right expectations, I think at that moment, if the designer is not confident enough that it will happen, and if the designer is not seasoned enough to take everyone else on that journey and, and make them keep going, basically, yeah, yeah, that's where it could turn very quickly. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's 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 as much about inner confidence in in your own ability as much as it is confidence in a process. I guess so. And mm. and and that's where the process itself comes very very handy. Mm. Right? Because we don't really want to standardize the way how we work. We don't want to over constrain the design process itself, but mm. it's really nice to have some steps in, in, in mm. place because whenever you got to that point and you feel like, ooh, everything is failing me here, mm. there is the process still there. To, to fall back on, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or to anchor you. Which I think probably if I look back and think about my career in design is probably the cognitive shift insofar as we've gone from, well, something great might come out of this, but we're not quite sure. And there wasn't a rarefied kind of process. Now, at least, as you say, you can say, well, here's a process that we know has worked in the past. And there is some uncertainty around here. But, you know, if we fall off, we can come back again and pick it up again. Mm. And and in in a business, you need that because mm. the business is a beast that is used to waterfall. You know, for yeah. a reason they yeah. used to. They have to predict numbers. They have to follow those predictions. They have to be always on target. They have to have proof. So it's contradictory to have design in sort of those sort of contexts or settings. So you still have to show something that is tangible mm. that they could hang on to that they could yeah. actually refer to yeah. during the times of uncertainty and then hopefully you come up on the other end and in retrospect everyone will go oh this was awesome and i yeah, understand yeah. why we're doing this this way yeah right so so just to sort of um i suppose close up in some way for you, the making of things or the showing of things is an important part of showing clients or senior leaders that things are happening. Are the visual are those things the metrics that they're expecting? You know, are they expecting to see things, or do they want to see the success of design in your team, for example, measured in some other way? Do they do they want to see more clients, or you know, how how, how does that work? For 
Yeah, there are, there are multiple metrics for sure. But during those early days, and I call co-creation the early days, mm. like right the first the first phase where you go through the discovery effort and you shift your problem space. Mm. It's very tumultuous, and we all know the squiggle and all of those mm. things. But in a business setting, you need to have different little tools to keep the confidence up mm. until you actually reach the phase of the design process where you start to produce stuff. And my way of keeping the confidence up is coming up with those other stuff that we can make in the process, which is not taking a lot of energy. It's really mm. just a means of telling a good story. Mm. So this is where we talk about what design is, and oftentimes we, you know, we define designers as good story t- storytellers. That is true. Mm. So we're telling the story of the user, the mm. customer. Often these two are not the same people. Mm. We have to justify and look after both. Mm. We're telling the story of the problem, mm. and that story leads everyone on this quest. Mm. And I, 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 you know, I look at it. In a way, like the we're going on a bear hunt, right? Do you know that? Ch- yeah, Charles I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I actually say that to That's myself. Idea, you yeah. can't go over it. You can't go around it. You have to go through it. It's yeah. the same thing, right? Yeah. So taking the others onto the journey and while communicating with the rest of the business is literally that. And when you go through it, it's really hard. Uh, and I often refer to that pain as giving birth. Mm. So I don't know about you. I've but never I, given birth. Yeah, you haven't. So I, I share guess. I share this with you here. I've, and that. I've seen it. But you <laughs> actually go through a lot of pain, right? And yeah. we all know that. That's being talked about. You, people don't really talk about the pain in terms of good pain. And I call mm. them good. They, it's good pain, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. pain is not necessarily a negative thing. Because mm. when you're giving birth, the more pain you have, the, the closer you actually get to, mm. to having a baby, right? So mm-hmm. you don't really want to put out the pain because what it means is just you're going to be in labor for longer and a baby is not going to come for a while. So the same with design. I feel the more pain you feel, it's kind of the indicator that you're nearly there. It's just like you're getting to that point. So enjoy the pain. Mm. Embrace the pain. Ah. It helps my clients. Yeah. So when you when you think about pain like that, it's like, ah, okay. So yeah. I should feel yeah. shit like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is actually part of a process. All yeah. right, now Things I might go wrong or I'm not sure what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and we talked about this before. Constraints mm-hmm. are good, mm. right? Because it's literally I can't go around it. and th- It's You've that. It's like I, I, I went to that point. I reached that point. It's too far now. I have to pull back. I like that. That's a nice way to end this episode on innovation by design in the mastering design. Um, thank you very much for uh, taking me on your bear hunt through <laughs> some of your career. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks thank you, Vivian. Me. Thank you.